and welcome to It's the Breakdown Podcast with D Malone. I am D Malone and I just want to say this message right here is I believe going to do some great things in our lives and change parts in our hearts that God desires to change. So the title of this lesson is Life by Trials. And so before we get into it, I want us to pray. Father God, we thank you so much for being God. We thank you for our lives. We thank you for good health and we thank you for your strength. Holy Spirit, I ask that you come into this space, come into my heart and illuminate your word. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight speak to me through me and for me and I ask you Holy Spirit that you would touch every heart every mind and and every set of ears that we are receptive to what you have to say today and that everything that you say falls on good ground and that as this seed gets planted that someone else will come and water it and that you alone God will give the increase We ask all these things in your name, Jesus. We do pray. Amen. Amen. So, life by trials. Many of us who may be new to the Christian life, the the family of believers, we probably don't know. And for those of us who do know that suffering or trials they come with this life. And I have a few scriptures I just want to share with you to help us to understand what it is that we're going through. And we're going to talk about how we're going through it, how to get through it, um, what the word says about it. And I believe this is going to be what we need. So, What is a trial? Like first and foremost, what is a trial? So the biblical definition reads it as uh, troubles of a general sort or often punishment testing from God. Now, we know that God loves us so much, but he does test us. Now it says often punishment. And I know most people are like, God does not punish. He's not a punishing God. No. So punishment in that sense of the word is really correction. We, he is a God that's going to correct us. Okay. Okay. And so then uh, another biblical dictionary gives us what the Greek their definition. See, it's it's so important that as we read the Bible, that we look at the the historical background. We look at the context of the 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 the, the scriptures that we're reading, so that we understand what the what the author was trying to tell the people of that time, and then we relate it to where we are at this present moment, and it helps us to get a better understanding, a better read. On what we're actually reading, right? We get a better understanding. And so in the Greek, uh, it says an experience. It says uh, testing. And so another biblical dictionary reads it as experience. Suffering that puts strength, patience of faith to test. It's afflictions or temptations that exercise and prove the graces or virtues of men. Then it also says a state of being tried. Now, God does not tempt us. We will have afflictions, but he's not a tempting God. So I want to make sure that I, I point that out. Right? And so when we think about let's say a medication or a a treatment 
they have to undergo trials. Why? Because they have to test it. They have to test these things to make sure that they're going to be effective, that they're going to be durable, that they're going to uh, have the strength that they need them to have. Then they need to see what the strengths and the weaknesses are and, and, and what the ramifications are, what the side effects are. So they have to try these things. You ever hear them say, we're doing a trial run. Even in, in, in plays and stuff, they do a trial run, which is to see how well they do this, to see what comes out of it. It's to prepare them for the final, the final uh, uh, show or to prepare for the actual usage. So in our lives, we go through trials to prepare us for the thing that God has for us. So as we're going through different trials and tribulations, there's a reason for it. And so there's a couple of scriptures that I want to read to us. And I'm going to begin with Romans chapter 8, verse 18. And I know um, this is going to be a little long one, but trust me, I'm, you'll appreciate this. <laughs> I believe that because I do. So it says, yet what we suffer now not, is nothing Compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have yet, we must patiently and confidently wait. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all the hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So if we take a look at this, uh, these passages, right, this is Romans chapter 8, verse 18 through 28, we see that we are suffering in this body, that we are groaning and we are desiring to be in eternity. We're desiring for the new body. We're desiring to be saved. And we're in this wicked world, but we know that there's freedom in Christ Jesus and there's freedom 
from death. When once we turn and we decide to give our lives to Christ and we decide that we want to be Christians, we go from death to life. So we go from death, which, which is perishing, and then we go into life, which is eternal life. And so this is Paul talking and he's telling, he's telling the Romans that this, what you got going on right here, this right here, this is nothing compared to what God has for you. It's, it's going to be amazing. This is what he's telling them. Like life is going to be wonderful when we get on the other side. So I want to give that as some encouragement to us that Yes, there are going to be things that are that are going to happen, but what's happening right now doesn't compare to what's coming. And so now I want us to check out Romans 12, verse 12, and it reads as such, rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. So he knows like, listen, hold on and keep on praying. Just keep holding on. Now I want to read to you First Peter, first, verse 4. I'm sorry. Yeah, First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Okay, so Peter is now talking to the diaspora. These people have been spread all across um a section uh, in the world and partly in, in Rome and, and just, they're just, they're scattered all about. And, and so this is, these are the 12 tribes and they are in a place that does not uphold God's word. Okay. They're in a disobedient place doing their best to be obedient. And Peter is explaining to them that, you're going to have to go through some suffering. You're going to have to go through some trials and tribulations when you live for God. It's just, you you can't skip it. You, you can't bypass it. It is what it is. But in it, he's saying there's a way to behave, even though. So he's saying, you know, who, 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 we ask this question, like, you know, uh, who has to go under trial and who's well, Jesus suffered is what he's trying to tell them. And he's like, listen, he says in verse one uh, of chapter uh, four, he says, so then since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. So he's letting them know, like, if Jesus did it, you're going to do it too. And when you do it, you are more like him and less like the world. And so now when we travel down to verse 12, he says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. As if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in suffering. So that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory. When it is revealed to all of the world. So now let's take a look at Acts of the Apostles. And we're going to go to uh, chapter 14, verse 12. And I'm reading these scriptures for, for a reason, of course. And so, when we look, fact, I'm sorry, chapter 14, verse 22, verse 22. So, verse 22 reads as such. Where they strengthen the believers, they encourage them to continue in the faith, reminding them 
that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And so Paul, again, is telling, uh, he's, he's in Antioch and he's telling them, listen, this is what, you know, you need to know. You have to know that you're going to be strengthened as believers. God is not going to leave you stuck. And, and, and then he's saying that the, the disciples and they are going to, they're going to encourage them to continue in faith. And that's what Paul was doing was encouraging to continue in faith. And now let's look at what James says. James talks a lot about the trials and tribulations and suffering of Christians. And he's very uh, upfront about it. So he says, and he's also talking to the diaspora, the people that have been scattered about. So they need a lot of instruction and encouragement because they're in a place that does not uphold God's word. And so in order to help them to stay on the on the right path, there he's he's given them instruction and encouragement at the same time. So he says in uh, James chapter one, verse two, he says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. In the New King James Version, it says, count it all joy, not a part of it, all of it, joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Okay, so let's look at this. When God is putting us through these trials and when these troubles are coming, they're an opportunity for great joy because we know that nothing worth having or, or nothing worth becoming is going to come to us easy. Nothing is going to be easy if, if, if it's supposed to be uh, long lasting. And so if we're supposed to have endurance and allow ourselves to grow, we got to have some joy when these, when these troubles come up against us. So God has given us an opportunity to rejoice, to have joy, even though, and that's what moves God is our worship. It's our praise. And so he's letting them know that the faith that we have is being tested. God wants to see how deep, how long, how wide our faith is. And in that, he wants to see, okay, where do I need to, okay, yeah, I need to increase their faith right here. Because it's one thing, we can have faith, but sometimes we don't have faith in certain areas that we need to have faith in. So we've got like a general faith. We believe that God is God. We believe that God is wonderful. We believe that God is going to do great things. But sometimes we don't believe that God's going to do great things in a certain area in our lives because it seems to have so much trouble. But that's the area in which God is testing us to increase our faith. That's the area where God wants to have us hold on. He wants us to endure so that we will grow. And so when we grow, our endurance is fully developed. Now we can hold on. And then it says that we will be needing nothing. We will be complete and perfect and needing nothing. Now understand, he's saying that we, we, we will be complete but perfect, you know, the Bible says that there's no good man. There's no one is perfect. Perfection won't be reached until the Lord comes back. But here, James says that we'll be perfect and complete and needing nothing. But that says that our faith 
our faith has has gotten us to endurance. So we don't need anything because we've already been supplied that we're going to know that our every need is being supplied by the supplier, by the source, which is God. Which is God. So they come, the, the troubles come, the trials come to test us, to grow us, to challenge us. He's purifying us. He's pruning us with these things. And so we hear all of these scriptures. We even know what the Lord said about trials. He said in John chapter 16, verse 33, that they were going to come. Trials are going to come. But take heart because He's overcome the world, but, but even more so, he tells us that he is our peace. He says, I am your peace. So let's read what it says. It says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world so we hear and we have heard all of these scriptures and I think there's two that I actually left out but I'll read those a little later but we have all of these scriptures to tell us what to do when tough times come but somehow we ignore these scriptures when they get here When the tough times come up, we ignore those scriptures. And every single one of those scriptures tell us how to handle the hardships, how to handle adversity, how to handle the troubles. And now that's not to say that we can't get upset when they come. But because the Lord has experienced everything and taken on everything He knew the dangers of being anxious and angry and disappointed and offended. He knew what unforgiveness would do to us. So he came to earth to help us to to live how we would live, how we live so that he would be able to teach us to do things his way and not the world's way, which is actually the enemy's way and so he says take heart which means be encouraged relax I have done the dirty work I have overcome the world I have given you victory through me because I've defeated the enemy and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world So we don't really have to be, woe is me, down in the dumps, not believing that God is going to come through. What we have to do is have joy because that means that God sees it fit to correct us, to grow us, to prepare us for greater. So what we are experiencing now, nothing compares to the glory that we have yet to experience. And that is why the Lord is saying, take heart. Yes, many trials are going to come. But everything is going to be all right. And I believe that the reason why we struggle with these adversities, with, with the hardships, is because of the way we are looking at them. We look at them from the windows of our souls. We look at them from the windows of the past. See, we're seeing things from a cracked and a blurred view. We're looking through lenses that are filthy. You ever try to look through some dirty glasses? Stuff is blurry. And God forbid you got to read a road sign. You, you, you can't see it. It's so difficult to read. And so a lot of times when we are going through things, we are looking at them from the earthly 
inner man perspective, the flesh perspective. Sometimes we don't look at them from the way that God looks at them. And so we, we have a hard time finding the good when, and we miss out on having the joy because we're looking at things from the past. Something didn't work out before. And so now we got something else that's coming up against us. And we're like, yeah, that's going to be the same as it was before. It's going to be the same thing. Instead of saying, oh, wait a minute, I made it through that. And God brought me through that. So I know he'll bring me through this one. I'm just going to have some joy. I'm just going to rejoice and be thankful and be glad. And that's why he says it doesn't compare. And so sometimes we have to stop comparing and say, wait a minute. That worked out. This will work out too. Because nothing is impossible for God, especially when we call on him in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial. We say, Lord God, I need your help. You brought me through the last time. I know you'll bring me through this time. So will you help me? And so we know that the Lord says that, yeah, the trials are going to come. But take heart because I've overcome the world. So everything may not look all right, but it is all right. It is all right because I'm putting you through some things because I need to see where you are. I need you to see where you are, but I need you to see where I am. And I need you to rely on me. Now, is every hardship a trial? Nope. I have to tell the truth. Some things we bring upon ourselves by the words that we speak or the things that we do or the things that we don't do. Because sometimes we could be disobedient and God is trying to move us in the direction. If we think about uh, Jonah, Jonah was disobedient. And because of his disobedience, God had to work him out. Got to correct you. I got We got to get this on, on track. So he gets swallowed up into the belly of a whale for three days. And I think the three days is so significant because when Jesus died, he was he was gone for three days. And on the third day is when he rose again. On the third day is when Jonah got spit out of the whale. And then Jonah went and did what he was supposed to do, which was talk to the people in Tarshish and give them the message. I mean, um, in Nineveh and give them the message that God gave him to give them. He's once he wanted to save the people of Nineveh. So the same thing happens to us. God wants to save people through us. He wants to call people to him and we are the vessels to do so. But if we choose to not do it, we disobey God. We go through an unnecessary hardship. He went through unnecessary hardships. He was, he done took a whole nother route. He done went to Tarshish. He was not supposed to go there. He was supposed to go straight to Nineveh, but because of his pride and his, his anger, he said, I don't think they deserve to be saved. That's self-righteousness. I don't think they need that. And a lot of times we, as the messengers, we mess up the message because we include ourselves in it. Because we get upset and we think we know better than God. Who should be what? And God is like, well, I'm the king. I'm the king of kings. You don't get to tell me what to do. And so sometimes this is our, this is the, the road that we take. We decide that we're going to do things our way. So we end up in a trial or a hardship that we brought on ourselves, something that we didn't really have to go through, but we go through it and we grow through it. We grow through it. And then, you know, there's the other thing where we speak things into existence that we necessarily don't want. 
And so we have to be careful. That's why the Bible tells us that life and death lies in the power of our tongue. That's in James. James is very adamant about that. He's like, be very careful. And it's hard to control the tongue. But with God's help, we can bridle that thing. And so sometimes it's what we say that puts us in the place Right, so we know that if we're disobedient to God, much like a parent, we're going to get corrected. And then if we say the wrong things, we're going to reap what we've sown. When we speak, those are seeds. We're planting seeds. And so those seeds will eventually grow because somebody else is going to come by and water them. And then we're going to have to reap what we've sown into the atmosphere what we've sown into someone else, we're going to have to deal with that. So sometimes the other thing is the enemy, right? As much as we don't like to give this, 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 this thing credit, you have to know your opponent, okay? And the enemy is very tricky. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he's a trickster. He's a liar. And there's sometimes we come into agreement with the lies And we fall into the tricks that he plays. And when we do that, we suffer these hardships, right? We go through these things, but much like Job, we have a hedge of protection around us. And what God did with Job was the enemy was like, oh, let me at him. And God says, Go ahead. He says, I can't because you have a hedge of protection around him. I can't get to him. And so uh, God says, all right, I'll remove it. You go for it. And what the enemy was trying to do is he was trying to get Job to curse God, to turn his back on God. So he put Job through all of these trials, all of these hardships. He's taken his family away. He gives him leprosy. He's, he's just striking him with all of these different things. Took all of the money away. So Job was a very wealthy man. Everything was stripped from Job. Everything. Even his own wife was like, listen, you should just curse God and die. Like, you know, just just hang it up. It's over for you. Okay. But Job, Job hung in there. And Job says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Now, Job wasn't extremely joyful, but Job knew that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Job knew that he, no matter what, was not going to what? Lose his faith. His faith was increasing in who God is. His faith was increasing and his faith was growing and he was able to endure. So he was fully developed in his endurance. And then God, God, when he saw all of this and he saw that Job refused to curse him, he gave Job double for his trouble. And so I want to say to you, I want to ask this question. Do you think that God won't do the same thing for us? If we endure and we keep the faith and, and we keep gladness in our heart and we have joy, you don't think that he would give you double for your trouble? God wants to give us double for our trouble. And he's allowing the enemy to do some things to us. To see if we will stand our ground and keep the faith. And when I think about what Job endured, and I see the things that are coming up against us, a lot of us, it's it's not as hard as Job. Job, it was one thing after the next Like the enemy was coming at him hard, hitting him heavy. And some of us might have one thing, the car breaks down and we don't feel like we have enough money. And we're like, oh, woe is me. We go into panic mode. 
Job did not have any more money. All of his children were killed. His family was killed. His house burned down. Like Job had everything taken away from him except the thing that the enemy couldn't touch, which was his joy and his faith. His faith increased. So we go through some things that the enemy puts up against us just as well. But we have to know how to fight that. That's why the Bible says, put on your full armor of God. So that when the fiery darts come up against you, you put up your shield of faith and we yield the sword of the spirit. And we consistently pray, right? We have to keep in prayer. When we're going through these trials, pray. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things will be added unto thee. So we're not left without help. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. We have our full armor to help us to get through the trials. So how are we to handle the trials? With joy and gladness. We are, we are to rejoice, give God praise, be thankful, worship. And I know, but D, when I'm upset, when I'm, when I'm hurting, when I'm, when I'm in pain, it's pretty hard to give worship, to, to, to rejoice. What am I happy about? Like this ain't working right. This isn't happening. Well, this just happened and that just happened. Why am I happy? I'm going to tell you why. Because much like Job, there's still something to be happy about. The fact that God chose us. See, here's the thing about these trials. When God is allowing us to go through these trials, when these trials are coming up against him, us oh, coming up against us, they're happening because God trusts us. They're happening because God wants to do things in us. That right there in itself is a reason to be thankful because that means that God loves us so much that he doesn't want to see us to continue in defect. He wants us to be in full effect. So when we're, when, when we're in a place of, of deficit or defect, we, we cannot do what we need to do. And so he's like, I want to, I want to see you well. I want to see you whole. I, I want to see you growing up. I don't want you to stay spiritually immature. I don't want you to, to stay immature, period. I want you to grow and I want you to grow in me. Not in the world, not in the way that the world says. So he's doing things to better us. And what I found to be true and helpful is usually when I'm in a space of, of feeling pitiful and I'm upset and I'm complaining and grumbling, the first thing that needs to be done is the complaining stops. We cannot be complaining and grumbling. The complaining is a no. That's the first thing we have to stop. Because when we complain about the situation, we're planting seeds and we're talking negatively about what God wants to do, which is a good thing. And so we're, we're going against God's will because we're talking about what he wants to do in us and around us and for us. And we're making it as though it's bad. And so God wants us to rejoice in those moments. So what I found to be helpful is I start saying thank you. And I start saying thank you for the good things that I see. So I start looking for the good in the situation. I start speaking on the good of the situation. I start saying, well, thank God. Yeah, Lord, my back is aching. It's hurting me so bad. But thank you, God, that I can feel. 
Thank you, God, that I'm still alive, that I still have breath in my lungs. Thank you, God, that troubles will not last always. Thank you, God, that this is a temporary thing, that this is only for a season, right? In Ecclesiastes, Simon tells us, I mean, Solomon tells us that there's a time for everything. A time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to mourn, a time to rejoice. So when we say thank you, that this is not going to be forever, this is only for a short while, we start to feel our hearts lighten. We start to feel our spirits lift and then we can truly give God glory. And in that moment, we're doing what God wants us to do, which is rejoice. And God moves on our behalf when we, when he sees, okay, now we're on the right track. Now they see, now they get it. What I found too, is I put on some worship music. See, because what the enemy wants to do is the enemy wants us to be crushed under the weight of the trials that we're going through. And God is saying, no, 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 no. Give it to me and I will help you through it. A lot of times we think we have to endure things on our own and that's a struggle within itself. But the Bible tells us, Jesus says to us, listen to me. Take on what I'm giving you. Take on, you you don't have to take these burdens on all on your own. Don't take the burdens on by yourself. Give those to me because my, my, my burden, my yoke is easy and my, my, my burden is light. So when he tells us to take on his yoke, so now in, in those times, uh, a yoke was the thing that the bull, the uh, cows wore around their necks. That was how they were guided. And so in Matthews, we see this. Okay, so Matthew 11, verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon me, upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and, and you will find rest for your souls. For my burden is easy and my yoke is light. So he tells us that we will find rest for our souls. So the Bible tells us that if we look at, okay, we take it back to verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy, carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. So if we hand over the thing that seems to be crushing us under the weight, if we give it to the Lord, he says here, take this in exchange. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to teach you. And I'm going to give you something that's light. And it's light for him because he has all the strength. So God is like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to help you out here. So we don't have to go through the trials alone. God said, include me, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all things will be added unto thee. So again, seeking the kingdom of God, seek God in the midst of, as soon as the trial happens, give it to God. He says, hey, I can handle it. You might not be able to handle the full weight of it, but if you include me, if you bring me in to the situation, if you bring me into the fold, I got this. And so sometimes we're going through things and we're struggling unnecessarily because we want to try to do it on our own. Some of us have a savior complex. We think that we are the Lord and and we have to do everything and nobody's going to be able to do it but me. God is like, hello, wait a minute. (laughs) Honey, let me help you. The Lord wants to help us. 
We have these things to challenge us, to challenge our mindset, to challenge us to increase our faith in him. He wants to give us rest. He tells us in Psalm 23, excuse me, in Psalm 23, David is like, hey, he leads me beside the still waters. He gives me rest. He lets me rest in the meadow's grass and leads me beside the quiet streams. So we know that we have rest and he's challenging us to rest in him. These challenges are not just for us. And these things are not happening to us. They're happening for us. And again, God trusts us. God trusts us with these trials and these tribulations, adversities, however you want to spell it out, troubles. He is trusting us to share our testimony. Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And by the words of our testimony. So, and it's the Bible says they overcame by the blood of the lamb, which is Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, and the words of their testimony. God is trusting us to help others. Remember, we were talking about that earlier. We don't go through these things just for us. We're going through these things so that we would be able to help others, that we would be able to encourage one another, lift one another up, that we would be able to help one another, to draw one another closer to God. Draw all men unto thee. So that's why we're going through these things. So instead of us moping and complaining and feeling low, the Lord is challenging us to have the joy, to find the joy, look for the good, and give him praise. Give him the disappointments of our hearts. Give him the hurt and let him turn it all around for our good. Because we love him, but more so because he loves us. The Lord has overcame the world. The world has been overcome. The enemy has been defeated. So that we would have life and have life more abundantly. So God wants to make sure. And he only challenges those that he loves. These are growing pains. God says, I'm going to give you beauty for your ashes. And so I pray that we will take this lesson and apply it to our lives and understand that God is doing great things in us and for us, great things to us. And we just have to keep in mind that these trials are to make us better. He's pruning us, he's stretching us, he's grooming us, he's preparing us, he's growing us for what he truly has for us. For he knows the plans that he has for us. And although they may not always feel good, please believe it is for our good. And in due time, he will change the season. Much like this, the, the, the way that the, the, the weather goes and the seasons go, and he's going to change the season. Winter doesn't stay around forever. But as so long as we see things from the right lens, from the right perspective, if we don't, we won't be able to see the new thing that God wants to do in us, through us, for us, and to us. So let's get his view. Let's look through his lenses as we ask him for his perspective. And then we will see what the Lord is doing even right now for us. Let's taste and see that the Lord is good and his goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall see his goodness in the land of the living. So we got to accept his peace. We have to accept his help. And we have to know that the joy that we have, 
The world didn't give it, so the world can't take it away. We can't allow the circumstances, the, the trials, the hardships to take our joy. Because our joy is within us. We have to allow it to stir up the joy. So let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the trials that come up against us. Even the ones that we've brought upon ourselves because we know that you waste nothing and that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. And are called according to his purpose. We thank you, God, that we are called according to your purpose. That we're going through these things, not just for us, but for the people that we are connected to. So that we could draw all men unto thee. We thank you, God, for choosing us to be the vessels that will help other people to see just how amazing you are. Just how loving you are. We thank you, God, for your word that you are correcting us, that you're instructing us, that you're building us up, that you are encouraging us. We thank you, God. And God, as we go throughout the rest of our days, we ask that you help us, Lord God. Remove the pride from us that that keeps us from asking you to step into our lives, to step into our hearts, to come into our situations. Help us, Lord God, increase our faith, increase our endurance so that we will be fully developed in you and that our character will be fully developed, that we will grow in our spirituality so that we will no longer need spiritual milk, but we will need the meat And God, I ask that you cover each and every person that is under the sound of my voice. Bless them in ways that they could never, ever deny that you are God. Show up so mightily, Lord God, that they know that it is you and they worship. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless each and every person. That you would heal what needs to be healed. I pray, Lord God, that you would help us Heal this nation, Lord God, the world as we know it. Heal every single believer so that we would stand strong in you. So forgive me, my alarm cut us off. uh, But I, I just pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Um. See? Some things just happen and and we have to just know that God is in control. God has everything and everything will be a-okay. So you all, I, I adore you. I'm so grateful that we got an opportunity to spend time together. Um, I thank you for listening and joining. Uh, and, and I want you to know that I want you to be blessed But more importantly, be a blessing. God loves you and I do too. Have an amazing rest of your day and an amazing weekend. And trust God, he has your back.